Welcome back to an upper th- 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 I'm going to leave that in. Welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show where I got a little too excited that I lost my words. Today's episode is going to give you the four tools that you as an entrepreneur need to create success for yourself and your business. And this show is coming in a special format because my friend Wendy uh, from Profit Up Chuck interviewed me and asked me the best questions that I've ever been asked in an interview before. And I will even tell you this one. She asked me if I could combine two animals to create a super animal, what would I create and how would I use it? <laughs> we talked about the time I faked a car accident to miss work. And I'm really not proud of that moment. And nobody's ever asked me that before. And I want you to answer this question when you listen. What four items would you buy at a convenience store to make the cashier uncomfortable? Uh, My answer might surprise you, but in all of that, with a little bit of humor, I share the four, and I mean the four required things that every human being and every entrepreneur needs to guarantee their success, how to put them into practice, why they're important, and these are tangible and takeaways for you, as Wendy interviewed me and had me on her show and said I could share. So Wendy, thank you for having me. Everybody go check out uh, Wendy Babcock, Profit, uh, Profit Upchuck is her show. This is an interview where I share these four tips and I wanted to share it with you. And so have an absolutely beautiful day. And now is the time for us to cue the intro. Let's go. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. Hey, everyone. This is Wendy with Profit Upchuck, and today I have George Bryant with me. Hey, George. How's it going? I'm I'm good. Is it is it profit up Chuck? Yes, profit up I, Chuck. I I love that. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's exciting to me. <laughs> yeah. Like just like puking out profits. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's got the humor spin, so people know that you know you're going to give some crazy ass answers when I ask you these crazy ass questions. I'm known for that. Like that <laughs> that like this excites me. Everyone's like, do you want to know the questions? Like, don't ever tell me the questions. No. Like, yeah. I don't ever want to know, like surprise me. Cause then you get a real answer. That's, and that's what I do. I don't give questions. I don't even offer the questions. So good. Good. All right. I'm here for this. I'm here for all of this. All right. We'll get, we'll start you out with kind of an uneasy one. Just kind of, you know, easy in. All right. Give me your best excuse for being late for work and it can't be you were sick. Oh, <laughs> my best excuse for being late, a real one or the best or one I made up. One you made up. What's the best excuse Okay. So like, I really pushed it when I was in the Marine Corps. So I was active duty for 12 years. And uh, let me tell you this, like you hate work and you don't get sick days unless you go to sick call and then you get out. So I faked a car accident one day (laughs) because I didn't want to go. And so I called my boss who I didn't like, and I knew if I didn't quote unquote feel good, he would make me come in. Okay. And so I was like, no, I'm not going to sit call. So I called, I drove 10 minutes from my house and I called from where I supposedly got into a minor fender bender oh and said, God. I just needed to, uh, I just needed to rest and have my car checked. And then I went home, <laughs> spent the rest of the day. It was a Friday, took the weekend, then went in on Monday. And he's like, what happened? I'm like, I had it checked. Uh, it was just a slight damage. They popped it out, but I want to make sure the wheel was good. And that was it. So that was, that was it. I'm not proud of that moment though. Oh my God. That's <laughs> I'm not proud brilliant because you yeah. know unless you have like the police unless they ask you for the police report 
how you yeah. can prove it, you know? Yeah, that way. Yeah, I got I'm not I'm not proud of that, but I did do that. That was back in my my younger days. Oh, my God. I love it. That's such that. a good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this one, this one is usually the one I open up with, but I, I love this because Vince's answer was hands down one of my favorites, but Vince Warnock. So yeah. What set of four items could you buy that would make the cashier most uncomfortable? Oh, that is so good. That is so good. Four items that I could buy that would make the cashier the most uncomfortable. Yes. Oh, what, <laughs> what store? Do I get to pick the store? Yep, any store. Okay, well, we'll go with convenience store. Okay. Because it's pretty, pretty popular. Yep. So. Oh. <laughs> I'm a little nervous now with the, with the evil la laugh you got oh, going no, on. Oh, no, no. Like, I'm like, oh, you can really, because it's going to make them uncomfortable. Yeah. So I've never smoked. So here's what I would buy. I would buy condoms, <laughs> cigarettes, duct tape, and black heavy-duty trash bags. <laughs> oh, my God. So would you like a shovel to go with that? <laughs> I'm like convenience stores don't have shovels, but I'm like the amount right. of open loops that that would create in somebody's <laughs> brain is like torture. Yeah. yeah. Torture. Right. Or like the other thing is like replace the cigarettes with like Twinkies or something. <laughs> Just some right? random like, like condoms, like Twinkies, <laughs> duct tape and like black heavy duty trash bags. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the conversations when she, when that cashier goes home? Like, man, this dude came in like. <laughs> Can you imagine what, what some of them see though? Like at like yeah. the 24 hour CVS Walgreens, like in the middle of the city at like 2 AM. Like, yeah. Oh, I, I, to be a fly on that wall. Yeah. I'm a people watcher. So like, I just like to sit back sometimes and watch at festivals and stuff. And you're like, yep. what was that people, person thinking when they left the house today? Like, dude, do you people, not own any mirrors? <laughs> people watching is like one of the gifts to humanity. Yes. <laughs> Love it's it. Really, it's better than any movie you can go pay and see in a theater. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Next question. This one will be interesting. I haven't asked anyone this one. So you're the first one. If you could merge two different animals to create the ultimate animal, what two animals would, would that be? And what would be their product? Yo, mm -hmm. that is good. <laughs> you could merge two animals. Yes. What would they be? Mm-hmm. Holy moly. I feel like, and I'm going to talk through my process here. Okay, go for I it. I feel like I want a land animal and a water animal so that I can be multifaceted, like Aquaman, right? Like you yep. can have an animal. So like, I got to, I got to give, I, I feel like, I feel like I want to be able to fly and swim. This is going to sound so random, but they look alike. I feel like I would blend a bald eagle and an orca whale. Oh, wow. I thought you'd go more like, um, sharknado with that no like not even sharknado because like great whites like they're great but like orcas are so intelligent they can yeah. hunt alone they can hunt in packs like they can be wow. docile or gentle when you need it so they have this ability to temper their range and their emotions they can be mm -hmm. friendly to us but then at the same time they can go pack hunt a yeah. great white shark and i was like <laughs> that's a skill set like range is an absolute skill set and then right. bald eagles can fly are majestic, are super powerful, but also are like a symbol or a token of like stoicism and structure. Yeah. And so I feel like with everything I study from stoicism to consciousness <laughs> to Adivedanta and all these other things, yeah, I was like, those two would combine together. Um, God, and I feel like, what would its product be? Mm -hmm. uh, you know what? Like this is, this is going to sound really, really cheesy, but I, I believe... I'm pretty woo. Like I believe in something greater than me. And that's what I yep. work towards every day. Like I'm spiritual, but also just meaning in life and giving right. meaning. And so 
the analogy I use in all my business is a lighthouse because it's a yes. solid structure that never moves, but it's constantly present. And you don't even have right. to know it's there, but you know, it's there. Right. And so I feel like the combination, whatever you would name that whale eagle, like the weagle, uh, <laughs> would be, would just be, it's almost like the statue of Liberty or like a lighthouse. It would just be this Testament and this totem as a yeah. reminder to be strong, to be present, but also to have temperance and know when to use the tools for the right situation. So it would kind of be like a guide. And I see that because, I mean, honestly, think about when you see eagles, they just draw people and people go, you know, whale watching. And so you're just going to have like crowds of people around this. And so it just mm -hmm. kind of pulls everybody together. And what I love about it too, is the humility, like eagles don't run around telling people they're eagles. They don't run around telling people how powerful they are and like, right. oh, look, I'm great. Right. Are. And like, they just are like that true, true existence kind of embodies everything that like I work towards every day in, you know, consciousness and life and, and goals. So right. that's such a good question. I would have never predicted that answer. Awesome. Yeah. See, and I love listening to how you process that, you know, and I feel like some of it too was your military background with, yeah. you know, the combination of as soon as you said land and water, I'm like, oh, that's probably military back in that too. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just feel like, how do you set yourself up to win? Like what's, yeah what's the ultimate here? And like, those are two different worlds, right? Like we know more about space than we do about the depths of our ocean. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but we live in it. And literally like the ocean provides all the oxygen we breathe. It creates our ecosystem, yeah. like everything that's in it. And I was like, so why not be the master of both worlds? Like you can go really deep with that meaning of like yeah. heaven, hell, yin, yin, yang. <laughs> like it's kind of interesting. And yeah, and I think, I think too, like I'm a scuba diver and I love the ocean, but also I live in Montana now and I see 10, 20 bald eagles a day, like a day. Oh my God. I, wa I watch them hunt. I can see them outside my office. One landed on my deck the other day with a fish in its hand. Um, or it's Holy claw, shit. I guess, I guess bald eagles don't have hands. Right. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Talons. But it, it's just <laughs> what I love is like, I just kind of love the presence, the nature, the power, the majestic, like. And then also you're like, there's a level of respect for it as well. I've, I don't know. I just feel like it embodies what life presence, consciousness, awareness, and humanity is all about. So yeah, that's a dope question. I might, <laughs> I, I can't steal that because it doesn't work it. outside of this context, yeah, but yeah. like, I'm going to have to like reflect and meditate on my answers to that question. Well, that's what I love. Cause some of these questions I'm asking, I mean, they can set you up for a funny, you know, but also some people go really deep. My last interview, she just went really deep with the answers. I'm like, that's what I love. It's the beauty of it. Yeah. You know? It's a really good entry point. Cause you can tell a lot, like, like you can tell, I'm like, I, I'm a deep thinker. Mm -hmm. Like I think all the time, like I write these quotes and all of it. And like, I'm like, no, I mean, like, what's the coolest? Like, I think that when you asked the first thing that popped in my head, is was like liger. I'm like, well, that's dumb. I was <laughs> like, but that's the first thing I thought about animals crossing because that one exists. And then I started to think about it. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's an awesome question. I love that. Awesome. Good. Hey, friends, I'm taking a quick break from this episode to remind you that my team and I have officially decided to do it, to take the leap, to shut down the Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook group, to go even deeper and value, connection, accountability, engagement in our private programs and masterminds. So for those of you in our Facebook group, we'll be officially shutting it down on June 13th. In the meantime, we're celebrating though. My team and I are holding a special bye-bye Facebook promotion, which means hello results in your business, 
giving you limited access to our Lighthouse Business Accelerator program, LBA for short, if you hear me reference it that way. You'll get two live calls per month with me and my team and our coaches and advisors. You'll get 24-7 community support in our private group, our best training, strategies, tactics, and foundational principles for attracting new customers, keeping those customers longer by developing a world-class customer experience, and building a business that supports your dream impact. The program is $297 a month at a three-month minimum commitment. But with the Bye Bye Facebook promotion, you'll get the first month for only $13. And 100% of that will be donated to Operation Underground Railroad to combat human trafficking. This promo will only last until June 13th when we officially shut down the Facebook group. So if you want to jump into my monthly coaching program for just $13 today, go send me a DM on Instagram. You know my Instagram. It's... It's George Bryant, I-T-S-G-E-O-R-G-E-B-R-Y-A-N-T. And yes, the it's is a part of it. Or send me a DM. Send me a DM there that just says, bye-bye Facebook. Give it to me. Bye-bye Facebook. Let's go. Give me something, but let me know it's what you're looking for. Or you can send us an email to georgeb at georgebryant.com, which is my email at the company. I check it. I read it. It's georgeb, G-E-O-R-G-E-B at George bryant.com g-e-o-r-g-e-b as in boy r-y-a-n-t.com so george b at george bryant.com make sure you use the subject line bye bye facebook and then we will send you the link so that's fun kind of recorded my own ad but now let's get back to the episode so we'll get we'll give you one that's more of a a funnier one next then so What's the worst tagline you can think of for a brand that sells wart removal cream? What's the worst tagline for a brand <laughs> mm-hmm. that sells wart removal cream? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God. Like celebrating the itch. <laughs> like that's where my brain goes right away. Like just why not? That top of the head answer, celebrating the itch. And it makes me think of like what they say about marriage, a seven-year itch. Like got the seven-year yeah. itch, get our wart removal cream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, that's what I would say, celebrating the itch. Love it. So we'll do one more of these goofy ones and then we'll dig into some of the business stuff. So okay, let's kind of looking at the questions I have picked out and I'm going to go with this one. What is something that everyone looks stupid doing? <laughs> Judging themselves. Yeah, that's a really good answer. Judging themselves. Like we we are yes. so hard and from the outside, we just laugh at each other. Like we literally look like the dumbest creatures on the face of planet earth. Like no other yes. animal in the entire existence of our mm-hmm. entire lifetime of reality judges itself against its current presence or how it shows up in life. Absolutely. It's funny you say that because recently I've noticed I'm on TikTok a lot, way too much. And I see a common thread with women. And I'm like, if I ever do this, please just shoot me. They come onto the TikTok and they're, they want to tell you something. Oh, story time. Oh, but you know, I'm sorry. My hair is a mess right now. Don't look at my hair. Don't look. And they look gorgeous. They look like they're so put together and they're just right away. Oh, don't look at my hair. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's right away. It's that cutting themselves down before they can even start talking to you. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually really, I used to, I've done a lot of work on myself. Like I came from a lot of trauma, but it's actually mm-hmm. a protective mechanism because if yeah. you can, 
if you can say the thing that people are thinking, but you say it as the leader and the person, it becomes a yeah. tool to keep people at bay because you don't have to authentically own the feeling underneath it. And so it's right. an easy, it's an easy label. And listen, like that leads to a deep thing. And, and you're going to ask this question later, but I'm going to tie mm-hmm. it and open this loop now. Okay. One of the things that really has to be reminded uh, to humans, to entrepreneurs in general, is that the most important relationship we have is with ourselves. but yet we live in a society that celebrates us not pursuing it. We're never taught to practice yeah. stillness, to practice finding our edge, to explore the depths of our emotions, to have a relationship with our emotional body, to be okay with how we are. And so what you get is you get this byproduct of pseudo self-awareness utilized as a manipulation tool unintentionally right because there's not a celebrated amount of sit with it or practice or meditation or stillness or whatever right like you can't drive in the car in silence most people can't work out in silence and i'm like notice that every time you do this you're avoiding the relationship with the one person you're guaranteed to spend the rest of your life with (laughs) Yeah. And so it's always one of those things that I, I, am, I pride myself on saying the unpopular shit because the unpopular shit is what got me to the success that I'm at. And every one of my friends and every one of my teachers, all the way up to my friends that are worth billions of dollars. Right. It's not the shiny, the glitz and the glam. It's the owning who we are, owning how we feel and taking a step forward every day. And the only way to have that is to practice being in a relationship with yourself. And so, yeah, I see those things and it reminds me of how I used to be. And mm-hmm. I also realized that uh, it's part of people's processes. But if we show up consistently and we try to sharpen that edge for ourselves and increase that range, it can make a massive difference. It'll, yeah. it'll come up later when you ask me a question. I know it will. So yeah, I'll and, talk about it more. Absolutely. And something that came up when you said that, as I'm thinking about schools, school-aged kids right now, mm-hmm. they're not taught to sit quiet, just sit with themselves because there's so much noise right now, video games and learn this, learn that. You've got online learning, in-school learning. And we have no classes to say, hey, it's okay to sit in. Because most kids, mom, I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm bored. I need something to Bored, do. Boredom is the best skill set that yeah. you can teach a human being. Yeah. Literally, like, <laughs> so our son, like, we, we moved to Montana and my son starts an outdoor school uh, next month. My son's four. Wow. We had to sign a waiver and agree. And they said, your son's going to get stitches. He's going to break a bone. He's going to burn himself because he's going to hunt. He's going to garden. He's going to prepare his own food. He's going to big shelter. He's going to be outside 12 hours a day when he, and we're like, okay, let's go. (laughs) Yeah. And and like, that's so cool. That's really, really what it is. And I think there's, I think there's an inverse to what you said as well Mm -hmm. is there's not a practice of stillness, but they also make kids curiosity wrong right? When they have a voice, they're taught to fall in line. When they say something independent thinker, they're taught they're going against the grain. Like this paradigm that's created in our current culture basically turns our children into robots. And if you look, and by the way, this is not a conspiracy theory and I'm, I did not intend to go here. Okay. But if you look at the entire educational system, it was all created post-industrial revolution to get an education, to punch a clock, to be a factory worker, to then collect retirement and feed the industrial complex of this country. That's where this education system was founded in. But yet we live in a time and a culture of a lot of creation and a lot of, you know, momentum and a lot of growth and evolution that people aren't being taught the skills to how to do it. Like memorizing some bullshit or common core math is not going to teach my son how to solve a problem or to give something to it. And I think there's a place 
in traditional education, like required skill sets, but I think it has to be met at the junction with the integration as well. And I think that that's what we really miss. And my wife and I are actually starting a school in Montana. That's awesome. And I love my, it. My, my wife's vision, not mine, but I have to fall in line and support it. Because if you think right. about it, every single thing we do as an adult, mm-hmm. we're taught when we get the awareness, when we have the breakthrough, when we got the counseling, when we get the path, all of it is mute without the integration. Right. But yet we put kids in an environment <laughs> and we pump their brains full of stuff and then we don't give them space to integrate. Right. And we need to have this hybrid approach to learning integration, rare world feedback and, and everything that we do. And so I, I'm glad that you said that, but it, it is, it yeah. is, and, and it's an entrepreneur and I'm just going to keep opening this loop because I, yeah. I will tell you exactly how to do it. Mm-hmm. But an entrepreneur's secret weapon is their intuition and it comes from stillness. Yeah. It comes from boredom, right? Like yeah. here's the thing that comes up, the number one question, and you have, you have starting entrepreneurs, right? Yep. And by the way, I still consider myself a starting entrepreneur and I do multiple seven figures a year in multiple companies. Like I have wow. so much to learn, right? But right. here's the thing. It's always the same question. How? How do yeah. I do it? How do I do it? I'm like, okay, cool. So you have to start with integrity of where you are because if you ask me how, you mm-hmm. don't get to build your vision, you get to build mine. Very, yeah. And so you have to start with understanding the game that you're playing. There's nothing wrong with being an employee. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with working for somebody. And there's nothing wrong with being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But you have to remember that the moment you ask how, you're advocating your responsibility to build your vision and you're taking somebody else's input to build a vision that only you can see and only you can create. Right. But the truth is, if I looked at you and I said, hey, in the last 30 days, what are the three things that you did that moved the needle that made you feel good? And you're like, boom. And I'm like, cool. Could we agree that if you did more of those every day that you'd find the path? And like, yeah, I'm like, and did you notice that every time you did one, what you thought it was going to look like shifted because you got real world feedback and made adjustments? And they're like, yep. And I'm like, cool. So why are you asking me how? Yeah. Because what, what most, and, and I have this in my coaching with my students and my clients, 99% of the time that I'm asked how, the deeper question they're not owning is please give me permission to try. Yeah, it's that permission slip they're looking from you. And I literally write, I, it's not a joke, at yeah. our events, I have fake permission slips and I use oh, them as cool. a joke. Mm-hmm. And I've literally stuck them to people's foreheads. I'm like, here, <laughs> fill it out for whatever you want. Yeah. And I think this is already really deep for people listening to this. I think the (laughs) challenge comes, the challenge comes that most entrepreneurs at every range have one of two choices. You can either be attached to the outcome or you can be attached to the input. Mm. And when you're attached to the outcome, it's finite and you never reach it and you always judge yourself against it, right? Yeah. Unrealistic expectations. I'm going to do this and X and blah, blah, blah. It's like this false motivation. Mm -hmm. And then instead of judging on the inputs, we judge on the result and then we derail the whole process and progress. When if you come back and you're like, ah, I want to be the best copywriter in the world. I'm like, cool. You can read all the books that you want, but until you start writing copy every day for 10 years, you'll never master it. So two choices, doubt yourself, (laughs) wait to try to hit a home run that never comes to fruition or measure your input and be like, God, I want to be a writer. I'm going to write every day, regardless of how I feel. I'm going to write every day. And I'm just going to let my writing be my writing. And that's when you're measuring yourself against the inputs. Right. And that's where you set yourself up to win because entrepreneurship is a guaranteed successful path 
if you know how to play the game. Because all entrepreneurship is, is a game of guessing and testing. Mm -hmm. That's it. All of us are doing the same thing. We're playing the lottery every day. The ones that succeed are the ones that don't get mad when they didn't win on day one. Yeah. So they play more numbers and play more numbers and play more numbers. And so I just think it's really important because if I could go back 10 years and I, here's where this came Mm -hmm. from. Somebody asked me a question the day, George, if you could go back 10 years, Mm -hmm. what piece of coaching would you give yourself? Oh yeah. I started writing an answer and then I ended up with 13 of them. (laughs) And so I recorded a podcast about it, but really, if I could really, really go back the fastest path to success is taking consistent action, agnostic of judgment, making adjustments and repeating the process. Yes. What I, and what I love what you were saying, because I keep going back to something that was told to me when I started out as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you don't need to reinvent the wheel. No. And that, well, it's true, but also I feel like it takes away your own creativity when you, when you only have that mindset. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking, okay, I have to follow when, like you said, so-and-so's footsteps, well, that worked for them. Yes. That may not work for you. You could do the same exact steps, but the, it's, it's you as part of the equation that that person didn't have. So you have to yeah. bring your creativity into it. The broken, the broken paradigm that exists is mm-hmm. that you can execute a how. Yeah. But hows have to be built. Yeah. And you that's have to. The, that's yeah. the base fact of all of it. And that requires, and, and here, and here, like this is really, really deep, but it requires mm-hmm. a level of self-awareness and self-trust, yeah. right? Because it's really easy for you to come to me and be like, George, how do I do this? I could give you 10 ways and I could give you three that I guarantee will work, but they'll only work temporarily because they're coming from me and you're borrowing some of my confidence to make it done, which is a part of the process. But ultimately what ends up happening as a human being, and this is as a human being, regardless of your entrepreneurship or not, Mm -hmm. you get to a point in your life where you realize that the true meaning of life is whatever you deem necessary. And your job is to hold yourself accountable to growing or expanding into that every single day. And that when people say leadership is lonely is the part that I agree with because you don't do it alone, but you can only measure yourself against the choices that you make and the actions that you take and nobody can fix them. Nobody can run your race. Nobody can win your game. Mm-hmm. Only you can. And that, in my opinion, is the challenge of leadership. It's developing yeah. this healthy relationship with your performance and not getting a trophy for everything <laughs> that you tried and yep. then diminishing what you did that worked and what you won. Yeah. It's realizing that you cross this imaginary finish line and the worst thing you can do is stop. The best thing yeah. you can do is celebrate it, but keep going. And that's the game that works every right. time. Because when you talk about the finish line, when people are running, you watch runners, they don't start slowing down before the the finish line and like celebrate right after they run straight through that finish line. Yeah. And then most of them, and you watch the world champions, you watch them win a race. They're Mm -hmm. back in the gym the next day. Yeah. They don't stop. Because what they're measuring themselves against is Mm -hmm. the input, not the result of the input. Right. And that's the most important part for all of us. Like a beginning entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. the biggest mistake they make is they quit. Yeah. That's it. They stop. Yeah. Right. It gets they hard. They try and these things and they're like, no, there's another way. There's another way. There's another way. No, there's not. <laughs> the way is the one that you stick with. Like right. you could tell me like, if I want to lose weight, great. 
There's 8,000 <laughs> ways that I could lose weight. Yeah. But what entrepreneurs do is they're like, how can I lose 30 pounds tomorrow? Right. And then they go to the gym for one day and they eat clean for one day. Then they get frustrated and they quit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, or if you just walk for 10 minutes a day and drink a gallon of water, 60 days from now, you're going to feel very differently, look very differently right. and have very different results. Yeah. But they have to go and, that distance. And you, and, but you got it. And for anybody listening to this, I want you to understand <laughs> people pay me six figures for this coaching. And all <laughs> I do is remind you how simple it is and how mm -hmm. you have it at your disposal, but success boils down to choices, mm -hmm. agnostic of your feelings. Yeah. That's oh, it. I love this. <laughs> That's it. Like my wife gave me the best advice she could have given me. My wife's left me four times. The, it's been a long time. I've done the work now, right? Like okay. I'm not a bad boy anymore. I'm really good now. Good. <laughs> um, but every time she would say the same thing to me, she's like, commitment isn't feelings. And I never mm. got it. I never got it. Wow. I'm like, oh, I didn't feel like it or whatever. And she's like, no. And then I had a kid and I had <laughs> my son. And I realized that at 4 a.m. when he's puking, I don't feel like getting out of bed. I right. don't feel like being awake, but there's never a moment of hesitation because I'm committed. Yeah. And the best thing that entrepreneurs can do in the beginning is get committed. Because That's once awesome. you're committed, it's very different. Motivation might get you started and commitment is what gets you to the finish line because yeah. the guarantee is that it's not going to work. Right. The guarantee, it will never look like you think. The guarantee is you're going to have good days and bad days, hard days and easy days. Yes. Those are guaranteed. <laughs> yes. And so once you accept that there's going to be days, the run feels harder and the weights feel heavier and the sleep wasn't enough. Mm. And you eliminate those roadblocks or those forks in the road that derail your success. And you know that they're coming. You say, regardless of how I feel, I said, this is what I'm doing. These are the three things I'm going to do today. Yeah. And it's a game of repetition. Yeah. That's commitment and intention. And I absolutely love that. And it is, it, I, it, I love the equation to being a parent because I've done that too. Like I have adult daughters now. I mean, I have 22 year old and 25 year old. They call me. And mom, I need a ride to the ER or something. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's middle of the night. If I had two hours of sleep, you just do it. You don't question it. You don't think about how you feel. You just do it. It's just that natural instinct kicks in. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah. and sorry, I, I get really excited about this. I mean, to cut you off. Like I think, okay. I think what really has to happen as an entrepreneur, you have to have a healthy relationship of what that means. Yeah. I think there's cognitive dissonance on what it actually means, right? Mm -hmm. The illusion of freedom. Right. I want <laughs> yes. more time, more money, more energy. I wouldn't trade the 16 hours a day that I work now for anything. Right. I love what I do, yeah. but I gave up working 40 hours a week for somebody else to make 80 grand to work 80 hours a week to make <laughs> 800 grand and still only bring home 80. Right. Right. Like, I yeah. mean, it wasn't <laughs> until I even like really. And then I was like, oh, and now I'm paying more than my yearly salary five years in a row in taxes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, boom, boom, boom. And so what I think everybody has to understand is that it's not a fairy tale. Entrepreneurship mm -hmm. is the fastest path of psychology, <laughs> self-growth and self-awareness that you will ever get. It is therapy in a box because it, there's yes. nowhere to hide. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think what we really have to understand is that you just choosing to be an entrepreneur speaks to the difference that you are in this world already. 
but there are no world champions that are like, oh, I think I'm going to win because I give half effort and I'm going to skip my training today because I'm tired or I'm going to skip the stretching because that doesn't feel good. No, (laughs) they understand that if they want to be the best, they have to play at the best level. And entrepreneurship is the greatest sport in the world. It is the greatest sport in the world, and it requires deep levels of awareness and commitment to self-care, to stillness, to self-reflection, to the practice, to the inputs, to the seasons. And that's the part that when you can really understand, like, wow, I'm strapping in for the long game here. And as long as I work on it every day, I can get there. And I think that the moment entrepreneurs collapse that, Mm-hmm. And they accept that, wow, I'm a little bit different. I'm cut from a different cloth. Like I got this. And you start to really believe in what you're doing and how you are going against what is considered culturally normal and socially normal. And you're yes. going out and being willing <laughs> to stand in possibility for somebody else and hold whatever space is required, whether they hate you, judge you, love you, or surprise you and support you, mm-hmm. for them to have a breakthrough and to repeat that process, you have to realize that if you're listening to this and you're an entrepreneur, you are one of the greatest gifts to humanity. Yeah. But you also have to accept that level of leadership and responsibility and yeah. play at that level because oh, half-ass effort will get you half-ass results. And in the game of entrepreneurship, that creates a long lineage of rippling of suffering that you can't see because of the people that you have the ability to support. Yes. Oh my God. That's fantastic. <laughs> so I don't even have to ask you for tips because you just gave a bunch there. I know. I, I love like, it. I'm like, I just great. start going. You like stick right. a quarter in me. <laughs> no, you're, that was perfect. And you know, anyone who is listening, that is such great advice. I love, you know, doing it in, in the long run. I think about the lighthouse when you're talking you know, about no matter what you're coming up against, that lighthouse has to stand. It has to shine its light. Whether there's, you know, waves slamming up against it, you still have to stand and just weather it. Yeah. Well, like the thing is, is like, if you go for a run and Mm -hmm. it starts raining, do you get mad at the weather and never go outside again? (laughs) Right. Like, no. (laughs) Yeah. You make, you make adjustments. Right. And you realize that like, as an entrepreneur, we don't always get to choose the field that we play on. Yeah but we always choose our response and how we play. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest part about this. Like we give up a life of certainty to live a life of ambiguity to allow ourselves to become self-actualized and self-realized at a level that creates ultimate freedom. Right. But nowhere in there was like, Hey, here's your guaranteed five numbers that are going to win the lottery. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And that, and that's it. And I think the other thing too is like, so, so for me, and, and, and I teach this at a deep level with my students in my group mm-hmm. coaching program and in my mastermind. But like as an overview, there's four things that I think, and I just added a fourth. Okay. I, I think that if everybody understands your success is guaranteed, but what that means though, is that you're going to have to tighten your seatbelt and get ready to ride the ride. Mm-hmm. Because entrepreneurship is about full expression. You have to express your emotions. Mm-hmm. You have to express your fears. You have to express your joy. You have to feel them all. Because you are going to get reinvented every ounce of the way, whether you realize it yet or not. Yes. And at every level, it never stops. When you go from solo to one employee, solo to 10, 10 to 100, five to six, six to seven to eight, like I have eight companies and like, I'm like, man, I could have never done this seven years ago, but because I went through all of these things, I now have this capacity to do this. Right. It's an evolution. 
a thousand percent and all the yeah. stuff that we experience are actually the tools sharpening our range and our edge to be able to maintain what comes like my buddy Alex Sharfin says this all the time. And he's like, you haven't got the business that you want because you haven't become the person that can run it. Oh yeah. I love that. And so the one common thing that you have to remember is that entrepreneurs all, and like, let's remove money off the table, mm-hmm. all have access to the same tools, right? Aid media, marketing tools, social media, everything. And what's the common denominator? You. Yep. But most entrepreneurs make the stake of trying to find shinier tools or to sharpen the tools that they have instead yes. of increasing the person who holds the tools capacity to use them more effortlessly, more, you know, predictably, right. sustainably and effectively. And that's the secret. And so four things for me, one patience, mm. patience. I watch entrepreneurs get a flat <laughs> tire and slash the other three instead of just changing the tire. Yep literally patience. The only way you fail is if you quit. And I believe it's quitting when you judge yourself and beat yourself up against your effort. You would never get mad at your two-year-old when they learn to walk and they fall over. You would never say, don't ever walk again, you failure. (laughs) But yet I watch entrepreneurs have that bullshit talk with themselves every day, which is why I said the silliest thing we can watch people do is judging themselves. Yeah. Patience, number one. Number two, stillness. Why stillness? Because stillness is where you practice your relationship with yourself. Yeah. And that doesn't mean meditation. That doesn't mean journaling. That means practicing boredom. I assign my mastermind members an hour a day. (laughs) And that means like you go open your door and you look at nature and you sit down and you stare at nature for an hour. You can't write anything down. You can't listen to music. You can't even chase a thought. If you're down a thought rabbit hole, your job is to find something in the present moment and bring back. And that increases your capacity to stand with structure, to not be reactive. And it helps you start to increase your range of awareness to notice, to right. notice the inputs, to notice the gifts, to notice the things that inform your intuition. So when you make a decision, it becomes a confident decision into the unknown so you can build the how. That so quick, comes in stillness. Quick question on that stillness. Yeah. So I, I love the idea about sitting still in nature because, um, and I'm curious if this kind of goes along with it, but yeah, sometimes when my husband and I have a, a trip like through the hills and stuff of Wisconsin just to get to where we're going and I'm looking out and I try that, you know, for me, the stillness I'm, I'm watching, but in my mind, I'm thinking how grateful I am. I think what an amazing God we have that created all this. And that's what's going on in my mind is totally. that gratefulness and, and what, you, what you're really doing is you're practicing the present muscle, right? Okay. Because presence is a muscle. Presence Mm -hmm. is one of the most exhausting things that you can do every day is to be ultimately present. Most of the time we're not present. You can be listening to your friend and you're thinking about your own thing. Right. Presence is a muscle that has to be worked out. And so what a stillness practice does is it allows you to be present. And so when you're in those moments of like, oh, I'm grateful. Oh, look, I did it again. Grateful. Cool. What's out the window? Right. And what you're doing is like, a thousand times you're bringing yourself back to present, back to present. And what right. you start to notice is different things, different yeah. things in front of you, different things in your body, mm-hmm. different defaults, reactions, all of it. You start to really tune in right. to the secret. And so, yeah, I love that it brings up gratitude for sure. But like you think about the day and I'll say this all the time, people are like, I can't succeed. I'm like, show me your music playlist and I'll tell you why. 
What are you thinking about talking about guns, bitches, cheating? Uh My dog died and somehow (laughs) you're going to program your subconscious and then go put quality work into the world. Amen. (laughs) I stopped listening to music with lyrics five years ago. And now I have maybe 40 songs with lyrics that are all empowering. They're from NLP professors. They're um, Mm -hmm. musicians that have done plant medicine and consciousness work. Like you got to be golden to get into my ear, golden to get into my ear. And it took a while. It was very uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. very uncomfortable. But now like I work out in silence or I listen to meditations or affirmations or things that fill my soul. And somehow I leave happy every day and ready to go. And I don't need angry music to break weights like no. And so you got to start realizing that your brain is the supercomputer that dictates your actions. And if you're Mm -hmm. filling it with junk, you're going to get junk in junk out. And so stillness starts to practice that presence muscle And it starts to fill your brain with your intuition, which is where you start to solve your how. Right. So number one is patience. Mm -hmm. Number two is stillness. Number three, self-care. Huge. Hands down. Yeah. Straight up fact. You must stop thinking that you can sacrifice your life to build a business because by the time the business works, your life will be over. Yep. Yep. You must build a business that supports your life and you must have non-negotiables. Now, for those of you that have kids, you would never willingly or knowingly let your kids starve themselves every day. You would never let them go three weeks without bathing. You would never let your kids stay up and only sleep two hours a night for four nights. Yeah. So guess what? It's time to parent yourself (laughs) because this is a long game. Yeah. And if you, and I've been through it, adrenal fatigue, hospitalization, psychiatric wards, like I've had to walk away from seven figure businesses. Like I've been through it. I've invested over seven figures in my therapy. Yeah. It's and been a long journey. It is hard on your mental health being an entrepreneur. So if you don't thousand percent. implement self-care, I just recently told my husband, I'm going to go back to therapy because I was having kind of a rough week and things were bubbling up for my past. I'm like, nope, it's time to go back. And yeah. you have to be aware of when it's time to go back or even start therapy because you I have, have to have that. Four therapists and six coaches actively, mm-hmm. actively right now. Yeah. That is the secret weapon because I'm not <laughs> doing it alone. Yeah. You have right? to like, have people like that. Li- it's literally like, oh, they can see the perspective, the truth, the guide, the boom, the boom. But it's a game that we play. Like mm-hmm. name me one Olympic gold medalist without a coach. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. Entrepreneurships are the best athletes in the world. Doing it alone is the fastest path to misery and depression. And so number three is self-care. And what do I mean by that? I don't care what you do in your business. I don't care what happens or it doesn't happen. And even my students, if they're like, this didn't work, I'm like, did you sleep last night? (laughs) And they're like, no. I'm like, did you work out yesterday? And they're like, no. I'm like, don't talk to me until you do. Yeah. Don't. Because it's a slippery slope. You have to realize that you're the race car. And I'll, I'll pick analogies all day. But you cannot race if you don't put gas in the tank. You mm-hmm. have to understand. And if I, could, if I could leave everybody with one thing, I guarantee you that if you prioritize your self-care over everything else in your entrepreneurial journey, you will reach success 10 times faster than anybody else in your lane. Focus on your sleep, sweat for at least 20 minutes a day, move your body, eat clean, and drink water. I guarantee you those choices alone will catapult your entrepreneurial success. Guaranteed. Wow. So that's number three is self-care. And then number four is self-reflection. Ooh, that's a good one. Self-reflection. <laughs> and you need that. 
Yeah. You need that. And what I mean by that is that all too often entrepreneurs die of reactivity. Something happened, react, something happened, react, something happened, react. Right. Pause. Pause. Stillness is your best friend. Yeah. Your challenge in the moment can't be solved in the moment. It didn't take a moment to happen and it's going to take more than a moment to adjust and fix it. And so don't look at the symptom, look at the cause and create space for yourself to reflect and understand that if you set out to write an email sequence in seven days and you don't get it done, you failed. <laughs> stop writing yourself a permission slip and also stop making failure wrong. Right. Because if you got five of the seven or three of the seven, there's other parts to celebrate, but the mission was simple to write seven emails in seven days. I didn't do it, but don't beat yourself up and collect evidence. Look at it. Okay. I got four. What happened? Right. Why did I only get four? And in that reflection, you'll find the path to success. What could I have done differently? Oh, I could have put it in my calendar. I could have prioritized it. And now all of a sudden the path is crystal clear. Mm -hmm. But as entrepreneurs, the fastest drug that leads to addiction is the drug of distraction, right? Oh, absolutely. Am ambiguity, right? Because mm -hmm. if it's if it's ambiguous, there's no path to change. There's nothing to choose differently. And so what we are like, I don't know why it didn't work. Like, no, I gave him my all and I got like, I got him done. <laughs> and all of that lack of self-integrity comes because we're afraid to self-reflect yeah. because we judge ourselves to full circle this all the way back. <laughs> and so exactly. if you can just set up an intentional container to look at yourself like your children, if your child sets out to get their learner's permit and they fail, are you going to tell them they're a failure and never do it again? <laughs> no, you ask them a couple questions like, hey, how are you feeling? What, what came up? What can you do differently, right? We yeah. have to do the same things to ourselves. And so I guarantee you and anybody up to seven figures and beyond, but just even your first five, six figures, mm -hmm. if you do what I just said, I will gladly say I told you so. <laughs> yeah. If you don't do it, as my buddy Jim Quick says, you can't get upset about results you don't have from the work you didn't do. Yeah. And I think people a lot of times want to put the blame on all these outside things, but it's, you're the one who, like you said, the reactivity, you have to stop and think, what did I actually put into this yep. that I'm getting this out of it? That that was the result I wasn't looking for. Yep. That self-reflection is huge. And that's one of the biggest things I see a lot of entrepreneurs doing is not doing that self-reflection mm -hmm. and putting the blame on everyone else. Yeah. So, and like, yeah. And, and it, like, it's one of the deepest concepts of personal development that I teach. Also one of the deepest parts of consciousness of leadership, pick your book. There's thousands of them. Extreme <laughs> yes. ownership, personal development teaches hundred percent responsible, hundred percent of the time, yep. life spring derivatives. It's all there, but really it's not that you could have potentially done anything different or that you were responsible for their actions. Mm -hmm. But the moment you own it from a responsibility perspective, you are no longer a victim, which puts you in the driver's seat. Yes. That's it. That is a fact. It eliminates ambiguity. <laughs> and ultimately clarity yep. is your secret to success. And so you have to realize, because here's the thing, what people tell me all the time is I want to be the guy or the girl that owns and runs the $10 million company. And then they come to me and they're like, this happened and so-and-so did it. And I'm like, you don't want to be that person. Yeah. I was like, exactly. you got to remember <laughs> the buck always stops with you mm -hmm. always. And that's yeah. not a, a checklist or a task. It's a state of mind. It's right. a state of being that allows you to run those companies 
to make those decisions, to attract that level of success Mm -hmm. because you have the capacity to create it. Yeah. And those things are the biggest difference. And those things are going to come up against you are going to multiply the the more successful you get. So if you can't handle it, this lower level, and you want to be this, like you said, 10 figure, that's going to multiply all the variables now that are going to come at you later on. So you have to learn to handle it down here before you can move up with it. Yep. Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. I kind of like took your questions away, but I hope you don't (laughs) mind. Like I was just like kind of ranting. I love it. No, it's, it's, that worked great. And I think people are going to get so much value out of this. So I'm just really grateful that you were on the show with me and yeah, you know, gave so many wonderful insights and tips and strategies and all those good trigger words that everybody loves <laughs> tools, strategies, tips, you know, all I that gave the stuff. quote unquote secrets that actually you worked. did. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yes. No, thank you. I really appreciate it, George. I, I, I truly am very grateful that, you know, you said yes and you came on and you gave your, your brilliant wisdom and, and shared your, your lighthouse with us all. Of course. Of yeah, course. So- and for anybody listening, uh, mm-hmm. thank you for giving me the gift that I can't give back, which is time. But here's my challenge. Don't let it be wasted. Yes. Because the worst thing you can do for me is listen to this and do nothing. And the best way you can pay me back is by listening to this and implement one thing. Perfect. That's the best thing you can do. And if you want more of my crazy, you can just go check out my podcast. Yeah. And actually, can you share that with everybody oh, too? Yeah, yeah, how to get yeah. a hold of so, you on your podcast? And yeah, I, uh, I think I belong in a straight jacket. So I named my show, the mind of George. So, so it's just a <laughs> level of crazy that you're willing to take in doses, but yeah, the podcast is called the mind of George. So I think we just passed like 175 episodes. Um, pretty popular show since I basically give you 99% of what you need to succeed without paying me, uh, minus the community <laughs> aspect. And so listen to it, put it into practice, but it's the mind of George show. It's on all the popular platforms. The website is mindofgeorge.com. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you again. And everyone who's listening, if you know, just, uh, subscribe. And if you found some laps or some lessons, please be sure just to tell a friend and share it. That's the most I can ask. If you got value, hope your friends will too. Thanks everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of the mind of George show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run or in front of the television, make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show. And quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.